0: Hey folks, it's Bowen here, and today I am with Lyle McCaney. Lyle is another writer on Substack. He's the guy behind Just Enough to Get Me in Trouble, as well as a creative and writing coach. And I am the writer behind Decide Nothing, which includes my serialized memoir, In Progress, An Ordinary Disaster, about a man learning to listen to himself. The reason we're here today is to support each other as writers, get to know each other a bit better, and to share something deeper about each other's work with all of you. Before we get into it here, just want to encourage you, if you're not already a subscriber to both of our Substacks, take a little trip over there while you're listening. Lyle's is Lyle.blog, and mine is my name, bowendwelly.substack.com and subscribe to us both so you get all of our new writing as it comes out. We'd also love to hear from you after this, so don't be shy about leaving a comment or a question for us. This will be cross-posted on both of our sub-stacks so you can find it in either place. All right, with that, let's get started. Lyle, it's so great to see you on the screen there. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a lot of credit for reaching out to me <laughs> and making that connection It was nice to have someone reach out to me, um, and, and want to connect with me. And so I thank you for that. You know, the questions that we'll be talking about are all the things that I think a lot of us think about as people who are just putting our words out in the world. Um, especially people who write more personal stories, uh, you know, about their own lives and, you know, maybe wonder like, why am I doing this (laughs) and who might care about this?
0: Thanks. Yeah, man. Well, I've just always been a believer, well, in reaching out to my peers, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. that I'm into at a particular time in my life, um, I it has always naturally occurred to me to to reach out to people and to try to make connections and build community and build groups essentially around um common interests. And so now in this phase of my life as a writer, which I would say, you know, I'm kind of Three to four years into and going on a year into writing on Substack. Um, yeah, it's just part of my process, um, building community. And, um, you know, it helps for the reflection. Um, I mean, in addition to the connections and the feeling of camaraderie and or camaraderie that's a funny word isn't it you know sometimes <laughs> it comes out like yeah. camadre, you know but that, that's not a word <laughs> the feeling of camaraderie and the support you know but the kind of reflection of like mm. well there's other people who are doing similar things it helps me to see myself is part of what i'm saying totally yeah um you know and who doesn't like to look in the mirror and just you know admire <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's also it gets into
1: like to the um I mean, especially I would say for people who are doing personal writing and at first you can feel like, why does anyone care about my story? You know, and, but if you could connect to other people that are doing something similar, like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who wants to do this, who feels this, um, like urge to do that, or like this calling to do that, um, to share your story, even though like, maybe you're not like a famous person that everyone wants to hear from. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and then for me, for me, the connection piece, because I I did the same thing a lot that you're doing, that you're talking about doing and connecting with other folks, especially early on. And I think part of it was wanting that connection. And also we were in the throes of a pandemic at the time when uh-huh. I started on Substack, it was like late uh, 2020, like in September.
0: Okay. And
1: I have a daughter who has disability at home and has had a history of respiratory issues. So we like, we were just on lockdown for a really long time, essentially. So I wasn't out there like mingling and making connections and friends. yeah. Um, but you know, I got involved in this new thing, writing, I had written before in the past, but it was, it was more sporadic and not really personal stories per se. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm doing this new thing. I want to meet yeah. other people. And so I joined groups and, you know, randomly would send a cold email to whoever, you know, reach out to another writer I'd liked. And, um, and, uh, so it kind of came naturally to me too. But I, but I think for me, it was also that, lack of connection i had during the pandemic beyond just like immediate family um and you know pursuing this creative endeavor and feeling somewhat unsure about like am i even good at this you know uh and and you know wanting to build an audience and stuff i guess it was part of it too but really, it really was just like wanting to connect with other people and seeing if i was on to anything you know
0: yeah yeah totally well you've just touched on a bunch of things that you know that we're going to dig into here right um first of all just the 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 what right and this is definitely part of the what brought us together is that we do write in in similar ways at least to some extent so how, how would you describe what it is that you focus on as a writer
1: <laughs> yeah um i guess it's funny i think at first i joined substack and the idea was i was writing a book a memoir book about mm-hmm, my experience memoir. with my daughter yeah um and you know, it's like everything you read as a person who's interested in putting a book out in the world, they're like, well, build an audience first. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really, actually, I thought I had an, audience. <laughs> I thought I had a email list of a thousand people mm-hmm. um on MailChimp, oh, right. <laughs> but they got purged. <laughs> they got yeah. yeah. They're like, I was like, no, you don't understand. Here's my situation. They're like, you don't understand. It's gone. Gone." Yeah. So, uh, but like, I've, I think we and I talked about this before offline, but it was, you know, kind of a blessing in disguise. It's like, okay, I got to start blank slate, you know? Um, And so, yeah, so I really got into it thinking like, okay, I'm going to write memoir. I'm going to write chapters from my book. And and, um, I did some of that, but then it very quickly, pretty quickly got into just like writing about whatever was on my mind each week or stories from my past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've, I've, I have a bit of an eclectic past. I was in a band signed to a major record label, I was a golf pro at one point. I played professional poker at one point. Well, you know, like nice. I've done all these weird things for a living and whatnot and um, mm-hmm. have lots of stories around that. So a lot of things I would write were related to that. Um, and then and then it's just like, even now, I feel like it's evolved even more into just, you know, uh, whatever's top of mind that week, but also mm. trying to be a little bit more, um, like pushing myself creatively to get a little mm. bit, you know, um, try different formats, play around with words in different ways to try Mm. to push myself. So I don't feel like I get kind of stuck in a rut as a creative person, creative writer. Um, so, you know, that's like writing a piece about, you know, like preparing my daughter's medications that I do every single night Mm -hmm. and like how my mind just just wandered throughout that. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, really cool. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, things like that, just trying different formats and playing around with it and seeing, what might resonate with folks and just making it interesting and fun for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say generally it's stories from my life, essentially, or things yeah. that are top of mind for me. But um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what about you as far as what you focus on as a writer?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say memoir and personal essay is the short answer. And, you know, the, um, uh, the the medium answer is um, that what inspired me to begin to what inspired me to dedicate myself to becoming a writer in my 50s really I'm 53 um, and as a third career essentially um, was this emerging feeling that has been very clear feeling that I'm here to tell the truth that's what came to me Mm -hmm. Um, and I you know that came to me In um, actually four years ago in May of 2019. um, And it was mostly to, it was, well, it was partly to do with my um, experience changing my relationship with alcohol. I Mm. stopped drinking um, five years ago or so. And, you know, that's pretty late in life or, (laughs) you know, in relative terms, given that I, you know, it started very early in life. Um, but it was also to do with, you know, a, a, a larger and broader journey in life. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of got this message that like, I really need to tell my story for my, for myself, first of all, um, to tell the truth about what I've done, you know, not that it, not like what I've done in a bad way, you know, but you know, I've done some stuff, (laughs) but like what I've done the truth of my experience as a person and also as a man. Um, And that's, that's a big part of it as well. Um, And so, you know, the way that's shaped now is that I am writing a book length memoir. I am, I am publishing that in draft or not draft, but like early form, on Substack uh, a chapter a week. I just published chapter 16 yesterday. Um, and so that's more than halfway through the book. And I'm, um, you know, and I and I plan to finish that manuscript by the end of June. And then of course, you know, there'll be further rounds of editing, et cetera. And I do plan to seek publication, um, you know, and hopefully I'll get it published traditionally, you know, as well as continue to, um Put that out on Substack. And then I also do publish yeah a lot of essays and just other, um, well, writing on subjects that interest me, um, um, it, which, you know, are all sorts of things. But kind of focus on um, addiction and, you know, kind of psychological stuff that goes along with that, depression, mm-hmm. uh, but also adventure. Um, and the outdoors and sports and the spirituality of sport, um, as well as um, intuition, really is a is a huge uh, topic and area of interest for me, and and how those all connect together. Um,
1: yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious, like, why memoir? Because yeah. I've gotten asked this question before too, and I think. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting to hear your your point of view because it feels like you're like oh I want to get to the truth and yeah the truth could be I don't know like self help book or something you know uh, and like what I've learned my lessons learned or those kind of things um, but I'm curious mm-hmm. what drew you to memoir why do you why did you pursue it that way
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Good question. Uh, you're absolutely right. You know, it it like a lot of the material in my head, so to speak, could come out in, uh, more of a self-help kind of format. And in fact, you know, I have, I've written some pieces that are more along those lines. Um, and, um, so I, you know, I do write from that point of view sometimes. Um, but what I felt more strongly within myself was the desire to, again, to, I mean, part of it, it is a, it is kind of a confessional, you know there it is a desire to put my truth that is just like what has you know what i've done what has happened to me and not not everything by any means i mean that's like lesson number one about memoirs that you're not trying to tell the whole story because there's just too much there and <laughs> no one cares
1: you're not copying and pasting your journal onto the internet <laughs> it,
0: exactly right <laughs> um you know there's got to be a point to it um um you know, but to, to tell, to, to put, yes, some of the, you know, the truth and depth of my own experience out there, you know, it's, it's, it's partly also, like you say, it's a, you know, it's an exercise in kind of confession. And in, in doing so, it, it helps to solidify, you know, who I am, my identity, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, if it's there on paper, it's, and it's it's true well, then it's more it feels more real it for it feels more yeah. real and you know it there's something that um uh tokapa Turner she has this great book called belonging and she she writes in there about you know the power of story and how we tell ourselves into being right mm. by telling our stories and so I, that that's a big part of it for me.
1: Yeah. That resonates a ton for me. Um, I felt very, very similar. It's I, I, a few things came up while you're talking. Yeah. One one was I was in this uh, uh, editing group, like peer editing group workshop type thing a while back, uh, pretty early on when I was writing and um, write, or writing consistently on Substack. Um, and I remember I shared this piece and some of it was pretty raw, uh, kind of confessional but it was, it was a big part of it was almost stream of consciousness, just like I was frustrated with something and I wanted it to feel that way when you read it. Like mm-hmm. you could feel my frustration, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was sort of like long sentences that were sort of rambly for a while and part of it. And um, and I think some people felt that in this editing group. Um, but then one guy asked, he said, uh, you know, it'd be great as if you ended this essay with like some lessons learned from this. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I'm like, not to be a jerk, but I'm like, that's not what I'm going for here. What I want you to do is feel, feel that uncomfortableness and be okay yeah. and just sit with it because that's what I was, that's what was going on in that moment in the story that I was telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one thing I love about memoir is mm-hmm. I read, um, I think for a long time, I've said this in other places, I've probably even written about this, but I think for a long time, I was thought, I heard the word memoir and I thought of like some old politician person, like Mm. sitting down to write his memoirs with, you know, like at his big Oak desk, you know, and like, you know, oh, I've done all these important things. Let me write these things down and capture them for all of eternity. Right. And that's what I thought of when I heard the word memoir, you know, because I've never been like super literary person. I've read a lot of things. Right. And so, but then I I read um, a book called uh, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius by Dave Eggers, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's just like super raw, real confessional for sure. But there's even there's even some like autofiction type stuff in it too. But it's mostly memoir, and it's about a particular part in a uh, period of his life where he was young in his early early twenties and kind of. Young, young and dumb and making not great decisions, but was dealing with a really difficult life situation where he had to take care of his younger brother.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and I just really loved the way it was written. And it was very creative and yeah, just really raw and real. Um, and I was and it's like I go, Oh, that's a memoir. Oh, interesting. And it was really only like a about a handful of years of his life. Right. Um, and that's that was sort of an aha moment for me. Like, oh, I can do that. I can play around with words in that way to make people feel a certain way uh, when they read them and, and hopefully feel s- similar to how I did in that moment to kind of take you into that world. Oh, and and really for well me put, that yeah. felt like so much more interesting to me this, than just going like, here was this situation I didn't, here's what I learned from it or something or like some life lessons type thing. So totally. yeah, it kind of tapped into like the more creative side of me that was like wanting to like, yeah, almost like get the emotionality through better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How you put that. And, and um yeah, I mean, memoir, you know, is like a, lots of ways to describe it, but, you know, you could say that a sort of a novelistic approach to mm-hmm. a, you know, a particular, to the, to the, the telling of, you know, factual story essentially of, of a, of a particular slice of life, uh, whether it's a, you know, kind of a a vertical slice or a horizontal slice around a particular topic, let's say, yep, um, and there's of course lots of other ways to do it too, um, but um, it, it, I love what you said about right, like using writing to to transmit right, transmit the, your feelings at the time to to the reader so that they can feel some of that um yeah and what's um,
1: interesting too is like you can't really control how people feel you know right. and but like you can a- attempt to approximate how you felt in a moment and and uh hopefully take people into that world and then they'll take from it whatever they want maybe they're bored by it and they just move on <laughs> or maybe they go like oh my god this reminded me of something completely different and that they dealt with in their life that had brought up some of right. feelings so um yeah. And that's like it gets into something that I've said over and over. I work with some clients as a coach too. And I will say this. Mm. It's like universality is in the specifics. You're right. You get super specific with your life and your your situation you're in or how you felt in a particular moment. And people will take things, they'll read that and they'll see themselves in it, even though they have never been in that situation, maybe. But uh it works. It's like it, it, it's counterintuitive but it works
0: <laughs> well it's the nature of evocation mm-hmm. right where it's not a direct thing but it's you know whether it's your story or as you said again the 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 or to use the words of one of my favorite teachers jack grapes the tonal dynamics right the the feeling you know it's like the way that a song can bring something yeah. up for you by way of the rhythm, right, or the melody, um, and not necessarily the literal lyrics, which you know are often unintelligible anyway, or right, you know, <laughs> right, or we've got them wrong for decades. You know, yeah, um, exactly. But it you know, it it the 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 um <clears throat> the feeling of it evokes something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and uh, that's that's definitely yeah such a big part of the pleasure of writing too is is getting into the the swing of things the feeling of a piece the you know the the rhythm of language um and feeling that myself and yeah whatever that conveys to people some people are going it's going to resonate with some people it's you know it, it it's not with others or whatever but that's that's part of what it's definitely part of what I'm transmitting.
1: Yeah. I love how you made the connection to music. So like I said, I was a musician in a past life, Yeah, right. but I do think of it in that way. Sometimes it's like, there's tension and releasing of tension and there's, you know, that's happens in music all the time. And, you know, like I mentioned that piece that had this like run on sentence and it felt kind of like, where am I in the sentence? And then it's like, I remember in that piece, it was like the very next line was just like a one line, paragraph just like boom <laughs> you know and it yeah. like gives you a whole different rhythm and it stops you in your tracks you know as totally. a reader and so and like that i like playing around with that type of stuff and maybe there's an element of surprise and that could be delightful or it could be you know like heart-wrenching or you know whatever you know uh, and that's yeah. that's fun to play around with as a writer um and it's funny because you can play around with this stuff, even if you're writing about something that could be a very difficult topic. To oh yeah, or like a difficult experience that you had.
0: You know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I often think of the the kind of basic structure of a song. You know, which I mean, I'm not a musician, but you know, you listen to a lot of music, you kind of get the feeling for you know, some of the parts of songs, you know, there's like an intro and there's, there's a build. And then there's, there's, you know, there's a, well, there's the verse and chorus structure. Then there's, at some point it's like, well, you take it to the bridge and then maybe there's like Mm -hmm. a back section and, you know, that can be um, applied to writing as well. Um, And then again, yeah, the different, just different, um dynamics and 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 rhythms and um sounds right the sounds of language yeah. right um you know often... yeah, do you ever
1: read your stuff out loud oh you yeah yourself? yeah
0: yeah i, I mean things. that's just so important really yeah uh i mean do you do, you do that do you have a all group the time read? yeah because
1: yeah. it's like i catch stuff and i'm like that sounds weird or totally that could be better or or i really like how that sounds you know or like the rhythm of it and the cadence yeah. that it creates that kind of thing
0: I mean, do you just do it alone or do you do it in a group? or? Um,
1: sometimes I'll read it to my wife, but usually I do it alone. Just alone. <laughs> so it'll be like late at night and I'm kind of quietly reading something myself and yeah. my family probably thinks I'm crazy, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's something that, um, I mean, a lot of people don't know like what a writing group is for um, or what one does in a writing group, or I guess I didn't, you know, uh, before I ever Joined one or formed one, and um, I think that's really one of the main purposes of a writing group is to have just a place where you can read aloud to other people on a regular basis, right? And yeah, it works to do it alone, too. I do the same thing, but it's even more powerful to have to read. I mean, even over Zoom, whatever you know but to read to other people and know that they are hearing you articulate the words you know and like and they're hearing the rhythm and the the cadence and and everything that comes out and and it it's just a necessary part really of uh for me of, of being a writer absolutely
1: yeah well, I wish I, I should do that more to be honest I've done that here and there um but I I especially like it even when I've done it with my wife where I have something Cause I like to throw a little bit of humor in there and stuff too. And I like where uh-huh. I can get a chuckle out of someone, you know, and right. um, even though I might be writing about something that could be a difficult topic, I'll like to throw a little levity in there sometimes. And uh, and so it's it, that is interesting when you see, you get a reaction out of someone, which you know, obviously when I put stuff out on Substack, I don't know how people are reacting beyond just the comments they leave, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little, you get the little heart, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I guess they like something. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I might lead to this other question we had, Uh kind of like the biggest pros and cons about Substack. I don't know if we want to get into this talking about Substack. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um, Well, Uh, I want to say, I mean, first of all, that uh, subsec is great as a platform and you know i had a first career in software and a that like building software and it, and specifically in in media and then a second career with a business that i started um that was all about community and it, you know it, um and so i've i've got a lot of Personal experience, like building software and and with community platforms and publishing platforms, etc. Anyway, Subsector so like they're doing a pretty good job with the product. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great job, really. um And you know, the what's the biggest pro for me? You know, right now, I, I would say it's the like the the community, the broader community, the network. Um there's a there is a real network effect in this platform that is built not just for social media right it's not and it's not just for publishing anything it's not for quote content cuz i don't like that, <laughs> that word, word. <laughs> fucking one of these fake it's like a fake word you know it's like why don't we just say what we mean you know, yeah, are you yeah. are you writing or are you creating some nonsense just for the sake of, you know, trying to attract people to your blog or whatever it is? Um, So, you know, it's a platform for writers and for writing. And so people are on there, you know, because they want to write and because they want to read writing. So that, you, that's it, that's the biggest pro for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a good one. Um but I'm curious did you know that before you joined or like what attracted you to Substack from the get go? Like what made you decide yeah. to start one, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I I did know that and um I mean I've used all sorts of platforms in the past and you know and and put my own stuff out there here and there as well, but um um having a like a clean platform that works really well from a technical point of view um and doesn't require a lot of fiddling like you know wordpress or something um and has this network effect of like an ecosystem of writers and writing that made it a clear win for me to to join yeah Yeah. how about you
1: well it's interesting because when i joined it it was pretty early on i snagged a name so i have i know mine's at lyle.blog but I have Lyle.substack.com. Um, and I was just that's a benefit of having an easy first name or a unique first name. Um, yeah. but um I I um I was originally attracted to it because similar to you, I've published a bunch of different places over the years, written sporadically, tried all kinds of different stuff, had a WordPress site even at one point, and the fiddling around with stuff is what I would end up doing too often. Right. And I'm not writing. And so when I went into this, I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate to writing something, putting something out every week. Um, And I even picked a very specific time of day because I saw you could do that on Substack. Right. So it goes out Saturdays at 8.08 a.m. Pacific time. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I, I loved that. It was just so simple. And at that time, they didn't have the recommendations engine and all the network effect type stuff. It was just like, really simple you couldn't even really change how the page looked that much
0: yeah totally i think right. they all
1: had the same colors even um except mm-hmm. for like the colors of your buttons and stuff um and so i was like i liked how simple that was i can just focus on writing and make sure i can get in the grooves of a writer um first and foremost because that's really what's the most important is the words that you're putting yeah on the page. totally so so that was a huge pro for me um and like and it worked everything worked like it was supposed to work, you know? Um, And so, cause I've been on other ones where things feel broken or, yeah, you know, they update something and it doesn't work. So they've done really good on that front. Um, And then, yeah, it's just been great. Like as they added things, I was a little bit skeptical of, of uh, the recommendations at first. I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I sort of dove into it, but I think I was thinking uh, at the time I'd get a bunch of random people joining that didn't have mm. any context as to who I am and what, mm-hmm. you know, Um, and would, my open rates would plummet and all this stuff, but Mm -hmm. I had never really saw that. Um, I think a lot of people were genuinely interested and, um, that that's been really cool. Uh, and then the notes thing more recently, Mm -hmm. um, has sort of, you know, I've seen another little uptick in subscribers, which is cool. Um, I feel like that one has had more of the effect of reducing my open rate and and, which is Mm -hmm. fine. Um, and there's been a bit more churn as far as people unsubscribing, but um, right, I think that's all fine though. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I'd rather have that problem than like the problem of like really having a tough time attracting people because like Twitter doesn't, you know, is not a good medium for that or whatever it is. Right. So, so yeah. So I think Substack's done really well. Um, You know, and they've, they've extended the functionality as far as, you know, what people can do to customize what their page looks like and and that's great but i've mostly kept mine mostly the same the
0: whole time yeah you yeah just yeah
1: just worry about getting the writing out every week you know
0: right right i mean i know man it's funny like the amount of time i've spent fiddling around <laughs> with like wordpress themes or whatever it's like stuff that just doesn't matter yeah um yeah then yeah notes is great too i mean i think it has made it clear that like it is a social network also um it but it's a social network that's not just for the purpose well it's not for the purpose of making money for advertisers you know it's not a yeah um it's 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 a social network that's part of this same um ecosystem of of writing and writers and and i mean that's something that's really key you know for part of what I'm saying here for folks to understand is like Substack is a platform that, you know, we pay for by way of paying, you know, the percentage of, um, you know, the fee that they take essentially from paid subscriptions. And, you know, that makes, you know, us, the customers of Substack and they don't have, there aren't other customers. There aren't advertisers that are the real customers. And, you know, in the traditional, well, in a media business, you know, a media business is a triangle. Um, and I was in media and my conference business is like, conferences are also typically media business. It's a triangular business where the people who think they're the customers, you know, the people, mm-hmm. the readers um, who are paying for subscriptions or paying with their time and attention, you know, are not really the customers. They get turned into the product that is yeah. sold to the advertisers, um, and you know that's not necessarily intrinsically nefarious, but it is very problematic in that it, it creates a conflict of interest and sort of a, a dual relationship for the, you know, the the publisher or the the platform, and so the fact that that's just not part of the picture. Um, with subsec is also hugely attractive for me. Just yeah, platform. I
1: totally agree. Yeah, like I've been kind of largely ignoring Twitter lately and mostly hanging around on notes here and there when I have time. But uh and like I've gotten like great engagement on some of the things I posted there. Granted, a lot of them are about writing and there's a lot of writers there. So yeah, that's that makes sense. But um I don't know, that's been fun. Like I've had engaging conversations with people and learned some stuff too, which is cool.
0: All right. So what's yeah. like what's the biggest con? <laughs>
1: Biggest con. Well, (laughs) part of me—I don't know if it's con yet—but part of me is worried a little bit that, I mean, Substack has raised a bunch of money, Uh and you know, I've been at startups that have raised a bunch of money, and you know, their investors want to return on that money. Media businesses generally don't have the best returns uh, in the world compared to some other more scalable businesses, Um, and the fact that they're not trying to scale up really big necessarily and attract advertisers. So, I'm not really sure. How this works, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as a big giant, you know, billion dollar thing that they probably need it to be, to be able to give a return on their investors money. Um, and so the other thing is, um, you know, now, people getting, you got
0: me worried as an investor. Yeah, <laughs> people,
1: I actually, to be transparent, I didn't invest. Didn't invest. invest. Yeah. Interesting. No. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. thinking about throwing like a hundred bucks or something, just something small, but I never did. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, cause it's like, the other thing is even if you're on notes and notes can feel more lightweight than subscribing to someone's newsletter and having to come to your inbox, but so people might subscribe there, but now right. you're going to have someone coming in your inbox. And so your inbox is going to get really flooded. I feel that. I mean, I'm subscribed to a lot of Substacks, stacks, so, sure. um, but, uh, which I probably need to trim down a bit, but, uh, so it's like that can feel overwhelming and there's only so much capacity people have for that. Um, right. and so it For feels sure. like there's an upper limit to the scalability in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, yeah. you know, they got to just grow the pie bigger too. But, um, anyway, that's, I don't know if that's a con now necessarily, but it's something that I think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it does also bring up the, you know, the, the idea of subscribing to somebody, you know, like like following someone on a social platform like Twitter and or subscribing on Substack Notes, you know, which is like a one click affair. Oh, I'm subscribed, mm-hmm. you know, and that feels like a follow, but yeah, it's but the it's same yeah. <laughs> as a subscribe. Yeah. Right. And so that whole model, it'll just be interesting to see how that evolves, you know, because Yeah, I think it's
1: just like an adjustment in people how they think about it. Right. Because there's definitely people that I'm sure there are people on notes that I want to see what they share on notes, but maybe don't necessarily want to read all their long form writing, you know? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Or just can't. Maybe
1: it's an adjustment for me too, where I'm like, I just need to not feel like I need to read everything that hits my inbox. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) I, I did. There'll be some evolution there. Um, just thinking about the biggest con for me, you know, and, um, I mean, I'm going to say this, you know, it kind of slightly ingest, uh, but it would be like the proportion, the growing proportion of people writing about writing on Substack on Substack. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I I don't really need to read some kind of amateur blogger's take on like I I in fact not do it not not only not need to read I am totally uninterested in someone's you know growth tips for. You yeah. know, greater yeah. engagement on Substack or whatever, um, or seeing yet another someone talking about, yeah, how to succeed on Substack or even just how to, you know, write. Um, you know, let's see the writing. You know, I want to, <laughs> I'm interested in yeah, reading yeah. and I do read a lot of stuff on Substack, a lot of writers, um, but I, you know, I'm reading people who are writing interesting original personal work and they're not just talking about the craft of writing on the internet or whatever so
1: yeah i think it's funny because my first i don't know like my defensive reaction to that is like oh yeah i've written some stuff about writing but (laughs) me um, too and like i'm working on a piece right now for this week that's kind of about writing a little bit but um yeah but uh i hope i hope that i come across in a less cringy way <laughs> than some of those. Cause I've seen a bunch of those things you mentioned and I have the same reaction, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, I don't need the, the latest growth hack or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you're generally right. And it's something that I've thought about as a, um, a person that's doing coaching for creative writers mm-hmm. and, you know, there's that balance. I'm like, I want to be able to like have an opinion on these things a little bit to attract people as clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, for me, it's important that I can walk the walk too, and I can write just like a creative piece of writing that has nothing to do with writing about writing. Um, yeah. And so I like try to balance it out um, and not just write about writing all the time. I feel like that's a bit of a, um, a cop out or an easy, an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's yeah.
0: It's yeah. like, well, I don't really have anything to write about, so I'm going to write about my process and we know yeah. there's a lot of writers on Substack so you know but it just it becomes kind of self referential i mean not entirely because there are things that are totally valid you know yeah um yeah i mean i know and you mentioned a couple times that um yeah that you you work as a coach also and um i have do still a bit in a very limited way and and have and um as well and um You know, when I have worked with writers, it's not about, well, what I focus on is the creativity. Yeah. yeah. You know, the creative process, creativity, intuition, and like the personal state of mind, um, and, and kind of, you know, developing that so that that flows into the creative process and, and nothing at all about like the mechanics of how to succeed as a writer. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Same here. Yeah. yeah, I'm like that's kind of like somewhat out of your control. I mean, you can control it to a certain extent, but Pretty if much. you produce really good writing that resonates
0: with people, yeah,
1: they're gonna share it. It's gonna spread. It'll take yeah. time, but it'll happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's gets back to kind of the pro of Substack is that like it's it's a fertile ground for yes, um, for finding you know for readers finding you. You know, it just is a better way than saying like finding readers, um. Talk. Hey, it's Bowen here. Just a quick interruption. We'd like to make sure that you're subscribed to both of our substacks. And so if you are listening to this from Lyle's substack, take a trip on over to mine, which is at Bowen Dwelly. That's B-O-W-E-N-D-W-E-L-L-E.substack.com and subscribe there. And if you're finding this on my substack, Click over to lyle.blog, that's L L-Y-L-E. Y L E.blog, and subscribe to his so that you get tuned into all of our writing in the future. All right. Thanks again for listening and back to the conversation. Here's another question for the two of us <laughs> Is there anything that you want to write about, but you're kind of afraid to, or, you know, just don't feel ready to yet?
1: Hmm. Um, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind when you asked that is, uh, I kind of wrote about this, but not really. It was sort of in passing, um, <laughs> but it was about, uh, so my wife was dealing with some OCD stuff and I, w- I really would love to write more deeply about that, hmm. but I just briefly mentioned it in passing in a piece and used the acronym OCD and she got a bit upset about that. And I was like, I swear I wrote it before. And she saw that, but maybe not. I was like very confused. I see. Um, and so in it, and it's not about her and wanting to share her experience at all, but mm. just like what it felt like to be a partner of someone who was dealing with that, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's a topic that there's a lot there and it was very difficult. Um, it's gotten a lot better, which is good, but, um, it's a really, I mean, it's such a nasty disorder. Um, Mm. I don't know if you've had experience with it, but it's just like, it hijacks your your brain and Mm. it can make you do things that are totally irrational. Um, and you know, if you're the partner or friend or whoever of someone who's dealing with that, it can feel very confusing and it can be, um, disorienting Mm. and, and, uh, really, really difficult. So, Mm. Mm. um, yeah, I mean I feel like that at some point I might write about it and then just see if how she feels about it before I hit publish on something like that. But um yeah, it's a it's a it's a touchy sub- subject because it's you know, like she's got people in her life that might read that and she may not want them to see that. So uh, yeah, so that's something that's that's feels like I, I mean this comes up with memoir I think a lot where right. you're like where do exactly. I draw the line, you know? Um, and it's funny, I was talking with someone yesterday just about this. Um, I'm putting together a workshop with, I don't know if you know the writer, Alex DeBranco who writes both are true. Uh, yeah, sure. so he's like a comedy writer. Um, mm-hmm. but he writes a lot of like, I don't know, it's like memoir ish stuff or like yep. confessional for sure. Confessional stuff. Right. Uh, that mm-hmm. style. he's very self-deprecating, but, um, he, him and I were talking cause we we're putting together this workshop for that uh, this, that foster season thing that I'm working on. And, um, mm-hmm. We were talking about how, um, you know, sometimes you're talking about very vulnerable personal things, and it and in in personal writing, personal storytelling, and memoir. Um, but I think I think it's very important to draw a line in the sand as far as I don't want. I will never write about someone else in 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 the sense that uh, I pretend to know what they're thinking about a certain mm. situation or their feelings. Yeah. I can maybe go. Here's what I think they're feeling. Here's what I think they're saying or whatever. Yeah. But not, not they can't think for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like memoir is very, like, it comes from your own personal uh, point of view, lens on the world experience. um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's a mistake to ever, you know, pretend, you know, what someone else is thinking. I mean, like I said, you can speculate and cause that can uh, actually, Alex said this. He said sometimes a lot of his pieces are like, he's thinking one thing he has some narrative going on in his head about like what his wife maybe thinks or something like that yeah and then like later on they you know in the story it comes to light that like oh no she wasn't thinking that at all and he was just like driving himself crazy for no reason you know which can create comedy or learnings and stuff uh or drama so, or tragedy yeah whatever <laughs> right like <laughs> i mean yeah mm-hmm. communicating between humans is a messy process right um yeah. but but yeah so so that makes it that can make it sometimes tricky about like how do you tackle a story or, or a topic where where it involves another person.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. sure. But yeah.
1: How about yeah. how about you? What are things that are like you wouldn't you hesitate to write about or you're not ready to <laughs> feel like too much?
0: Well, I have written um a fair bit, um, or at least, yeah, I mean some parts of my Memoir material touch on certain touch on relationships um, and um, you know, and so, you know, they, they include other people, you know, people that are real people that are still alive. Um, And so that same um, kind of number one issue for memoir writers is how to handle that. um, How to, as you, you know, brought up yourself, um, and I've, you know, I've had some people say, Hey, great. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I tend to show the work to people, um, or at least let them know that I'm writing about this. Some people say, Hey, like I, I'd rather not appear in the work at all. Some people say, Hey, great. I'm happy to, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I'd say like what I'm what was my question, you know, what am I afraid of? <laughs> know they say like go towards what you're afraid of, right? Or you know, that's um it's good advice. Um and I would say that I'm afraid of writing more about sex, really. Mm. Um and you know, and I and I'm not sure I'm not quite sure I'm ready to and that I'm you know that's you know you talk about relationships and communication are always hard. And you know when we get to sex it's like it it gets to the most visceral level of both the interpersonal but also the 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 communication and it's like you know it's it's a it's a wordless thing usually it's a it's a phys, it's physical right so how to
1: yeah communicate
0: yeah. that and in in a way that is also you know is meaningful and worthwhile um while at the same time i feel you know that there's a lot of experience just my own life experience you know that i in that realm of like sex and relationship but certainly getting into the physical aspect of it that i you know that i i feel is part of the truth that that wants to be told um yeah
1: talk talk about writing about something that involves another person (laughs) like at the most intimate possible level yeah 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 that's 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 difficult i haven't tackled that either it's funny you mentioned that because it's like yeah there's definitely stuff like that's coming to mind that Mm -hmm. would be interesting to get into and i would say there's generally a lack of that type of writing i would say especially among men yes but i'm not sure if that's true um but uh because yeah it's tricky man it's like yeah And, and i'd say men and women i mean this is generalizing but men and women generally come from such different points of view on, on that and why it's important and, and what yes I'm excited about that and whatnot too. Right. And, and so, and that creates all kinds of tricky moments and tension and, um, but also beautiful moments. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough topic, man. I have mm-hmm. not tried
0: to tackle that yet. But yeah. Maybe one day. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to kind of put it out there and that I am, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I'm kind of afraid of it. I'm not I don't feel I'm quite ready, but I I am sort of planning on writing another book, you know, mm. I mean one of the other books, you know, cuz let's hope there'll be many. Um but uh you know with with that as as a real primary theme um and that being sex let's just keep saying the word you know here's the question of the day can men say sex (laughs) yeah (laughs) right because i mean a lot of ways we are prohibited from saying sex or talking about sex much because um you know it's kind of viewed as either just you know in a very small box of like well you know men want sex or it's kind of dangerous you know that Mm -hmm. you know uh or seen that way and so that's part of the reason i think it's important to talk and write about yeah is is to is to broaden the truth you know of what is out there about men and sex
1: yeah because i think um there's some like things that are generalizations that may or may not be true for each individual person um and i experienced this recently with um I mean, I could talk about this with, uh, you know, my wife and like doing couples counseling, like I don't Mm. have anything like major issues going on necessarily, but we're, you know, we just talk through things and have a space Mm. to do that, which is great. And, um, I highly recommend that for people who are in a a marriage or just couples. Um, but, uh, you know, we've talked about this topic, the topic of sex and in even, you know, we're very close. We talk every single day and she had had this whole narrative in her head about like some comment I made on pretty early on in our relationship. We weren't married mm-hmm. yet, you know, and it was like of course we're having sex like crazy because it's like that's what you do early on and you're like infatuated with each other kind of thing. Right. Less so these days, but it's like um you know, like that's that's how relationships can go sometimes there's ebbs and flows. And so she had this whole narrative in her head of like, oh, this is what Lyle needs and this is what Lyle needs. And I'm like, that's not true. Like maybe at that point in time, which was a while ago now, like almost 10 years ago, I felt very strongly about that. But a decade has passed. (laughs) You know, like I feel a lot different now, you know, but she still had this sort of narrative going in her head. So it's like, you know, it's not to disparage her or anything, of course, but it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's really easy to do that because when like you don't talk about these things openly, you know, even like amongst the people you're closest with. So like writing about it is a whole different thing, which is like, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, maybe one day, but uh, there's a lot there, man. There's a lot there. So it's an interesting topic.
0: There's definitely a lot there. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I hope, you know, well, that's my plan. That's my plan. I got to finish this book and uh, you know, and some other stuff, but that's, that's out there on the horizon somewhere. Maybe we could
1: get into this question that we had about um yeah because I feel like it dovetails nicely off that is the um like feelings about writing memoir as a man. Mm. Um yeah, like you wrote this question, so I was kind of I'm kind of curious like where did your mind go when you when you were thinking about that?
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, hmm. um <clears throat> Well, I, there is a specific answer. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots to say potentially about that, but, um, I, I wrote an essay about this actually, um, which, um, is probably titled the truth about love. Not that I know, you know, the, not the truth (laughs) about love or that there's one truth about love, but that. <clears throat> um that something that you know is just well that we just don't have enough of in the world certainly is truth um and also something that is well as you've pointed out today you know often well just you know in the interpersonal in relationships um it can be hard to get to the truth or just to the mm-hmm. you know the the kind of real depth of really what's going on um and <clears throat> in my experience i mean particularly as a man because of the way that we have been acculturated as men um and kind of how we have learned you know to to be men um to be people who are men you know we have learned at least overall in general right to 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 communicate less essentially mm-hmm. right i mean that's the stereotype you know that men don't talk about their feelings as much um suppress emotions yeah it, exactly I can... now i just to make clear like do not believe that has anything to do with us being men i think it has to do with our acculturation of yes. of masculinity um <clears throat> but it does mean that there's kind of how that translates for me is is that there's there's less truth out there about men and by men about what it is to be a man because we talk about our experience less now of mm-hmm. course there are plenty of male writers and male memoirists um but again in broad terms you know the the kind of question of like what it is what is it like to be a man well it's just there's there's less language about it there's less you know there's a lot of stereotype about it there's a lot of characterization about it um but in terms of first person You know, description of like, this is what it's like to be me as a man. There's less of that. And, and so that's a big part of, you know, like, as I said in the beginning, this feeling that came to me of, I'm, you know, I, I, I need to tell the truth of my experience. And that, that's part of the reason. Um, because I want, to at least just share my experience as a man so that, you know, to kind of contribute to the visibility and to the, the dispelling perhaps of some of some, some stereotypes, you know, or just some broad characterizations. Um, and I mean, the other thing I would add to that is just like, it's also can be kind of a lonely a uh, thing in that—that that is writing memoirs as a man, because they're definitely—I don't know what the statistics are, but it seems to be that there are more women that write memoir and.
1: Yeah, I think that's generally true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could probably give me the assistant. What's the assistant's name? Yeah,
1: Just, <laughs> yeah. You Google that up yeah. for us while Do we're Do we have here. a staff on this <laughs> podcast?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and so, I mean, I love my sisters and female peers as writers um but it's kind of harder to find other men who are writing in this genre and so it's part of the reason i reached out to you yeah yeah
1: yeah i think for me it's um i think i was attracted to it like i mentioned earlier about the 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 fertile creative ground that there is in memoir um to play around with words and structure and just like telling a story in an interesting way. Um, I wouldn't say I was like the best storyteller in the world. Like if you met me in person, I probably have some, I have a bunch of go-to stories that I know can like get a laugh or whatever it may be, Mm. but I'm not generally like pouring my heart out to my friends. You know, the time, you know, it's like conversations tend to be a little bit more superficial and whatnot. But I think I felt in me that urge or that feeling of like, I want to share more. I want to get more of my story out there. I want to have that cathartic release of doing that. And Mm. I want to do it in a way that's interesting and entertaining to read and uh, something I would like to read. Um, And so, uh, you know, like I mentioned the Dave Eggers book, the other one I read right around that same time was love warrior by Mm. Glennon Doyle, um, who is a woman (laughs) and is a memoir about a bunch of stuff that happened to her that I've never experienced before. Like she was, Drug addict and alcoholic, and she got pregnant and had to stop doing that stuff. And she had a husband who cheated on her, and all this stuff. Right. So it's like, I don't have any experience with any of that. I'm also not a woman. (laughs) Right. And so she's writing from this whole other experience, but yet I read that book and I was like riveted and, and I learned a bunch from it and I felt her experience. And I was like, that was really powerful. And I can do, I feel like I can do that too. And so, um, that's what attracted me to the style um but then yeah early on it was like i'm writing about you know um dealing with my daughter's birth um so like parenthood in a way my unique mm-hmm. um experience with parenthood uh and i got lots of feedback from people just like wow i've never really seen a man write about this type of thing you know um seen women write about the experience of like the pre- dealing with the pregnancy and the, af- the aftermath of having a kid with disability and whatnot, but yeah. not too many men. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I have not come across many that are doing that. I've come across um, men who are disabled themselves who write about that. I've mm. seen that, um, mm. but not, but less so like being a caretaker or, you know, and just what that feels like from a man's perspective. Um, yeah, And mm. that, that whole world has this you know it's funny i read this thing at one point where it was like the percentage of marriages that fail when you have a kid with a disability is really high but it's actually not totally true Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've come to find out but there's definitely instances of that and almost always the ones i've heard about this is anecdotal of course but is the man tends to be like okay i'm just like i'm doing the work i'm the work guy baked the money and oh the wife's the caretaker and that creates a bunch of resentment and mm. um you know that kind of thing because it feels like you know the the man's not helping out and whatnot and not taking the part of the burden on of uh, the caretaking and mm. that can create a lot of problems in a marriage and so sometimes those don't work out um and i felt that come a little bit here and there um, for sure i mean my wife would be like uh yeah you think <laughs> but uh she heard mm. me talking about this right now but um mm and that's part of why like i re- wrote recently in this piece called sabbatical ish where mm-hmm. i'm not really on a sabbatical but it's it's i've taken on more caretaking duties uh, and uh, so it makes scheduling something like this podcast really difficult but glad we could work it out but um yeah it's like i'm taking on more of that stuff um and so being able to write about that mm-hmm. um in this style i think is super powerful um and, um, you know, it's so funny, this doesn't happen often, but I ran into a woman yesterday, just yesterday, I was going to the library to pick up a book I had mm. and I had my daughter with me. Um, cause it was like after some appointment we were at and, uh, I'm like getting her in packed up in the seat. So I live in Sonoma, California. My wife grew up here. She knows a bunch of people in town. I don't really know a lot of people in town, mm. but then I hear someone say, is that Lyle McKinney? <laughs> I was like, who the hell knows me here? And it was yeah. this woman. Who is a reader, but she's a friend um mostly yeah. through my wife before. And like I we hung out with her and her husband at one point, and they have a son that's around my daughter's age. Mm-hmm. And uh I didn't even any clue that she read my stuff until yesterday. And she was like, Oh my god, your piece about the medications thing that the one I mentioned earlier. She's like, I love yeah. that so much because she's dealing with this thing with her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've heard from so many women. I have a lot of mm-hmm. women subscribers mm-hmm. and they're leaving lots of comments not all not across the board but i get a lot of feedback from women just like how much they like what i'm doing and i think it's because they don't get much of men expressing themselves in this way Mm -hmm. um and so i think like i said i think that's just really powerful and important and um i wouldn't say it's necessarily like the reason i do this but um i think it's a nice byproduct of it you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah man well i i mean it i it is part of the reason I'm doing it. Um, and it, I mean, it, it feels like, well, I hear that from you too. And I just want to, you know, commend you. It wasn't for, like
1: explicit from the get go uh, though. Like I think men need to be talking about this. It was more just like, I want to tell my story yeah, as a person. You know what I mean? Like, Same. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, from that's what I'm saying too. But I mean, as a person and as a man, I mean, I would say that that is an explicit part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and And so- um, yeah I want to commend you for for doing that and i I think it's important it really is it really is um for more of us to to speak up and to to do just what you're doing you know, share your experience. I mean that's the thing you know if it happened to you in your life, if you did it, like no one can argue with it it's it's true yeah, yeah. it happened <laughs> you know it just is right yep. is it good or bad well it just is and and it's it's just so important to for you know for us as individuals again in this way of kind of telling ourselves into existence but also for mm-hmm. other people to see just more evidence of what is what is you know yeah. because the you know just as the um conception of what it was you know, t- to be a woman at one point was was much narrower, right, and much more constrained, yeah, and that's true. It just unbelievably stereotyped, and and um, you know, now it's almost like it's flipped around, right? Where you know, men have some catching up to do in terms of, um, you know, broadening the yeah the idea is... of what it is to what it can be to be a man.
1: Yeah. And this is not even to mention like cultural things too. Right. Like, uh, you know, get into like people writing about what it's like to be an African-American man. And, and, you know, the United States, you could get really, there's so many little nuances to get into because it's like, you know, you and I are white guys, (laughs) you know, and, um, I mean, we're not that far off in age. And, um, so, you know, maybe we have some similar experiences in that way, but not, but still, even amongst you and I, much different experiences and points of view. And I think that's important. Um, but uh it's like, yeah, we need to hear from all voices. Uh and totally, I and I agree. Yeah. I think like there's been there's definitely been a movement uh with women to do that more. And there's and it, and I think that's great because they were so marginalized for so long. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. sort of relegated to like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, like uh just yeah, not not um put in the spotlight as they should be. Uh so so yeah, I think it's like everyone needs to hear from everyone and the, and the great thing about writing totally. on the internet is you can reach people it's funny this is taps into some stuff i'm writing about this week but um mm. uh so it's kind of about writing sort of but it's just about putting yourself out there in the world because mm. you never know right there's a guy that i know who loves my stuff and he is a dude single guy who's young way younger than me single guy way younger than me never been married as far as i know doesn't have kids mm-hmm. um and lives in india um mm-hmm. in a place i'll probably never visit mm-hmm. um but him and i have dm'd a bunch and you know talked over the years and he's a writer as well and um
0: Interesting.
1: and uh but like he he reads my stuff and he's like it's like getting a glimpse into another world yeah you mm-hmm. know but he still gets things out of it which is i mean it's like the human experience right is so diverse so um you know you can sort of click on someone's substack who writes this stuff and just like enter their world for a little while you know
0: yeah yeah that's that's the joy of it isn't it you know when mm-hmm. I, I think about all the different you know, memoirs and books and all kinds of things that I've read and 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 also a lot, you know, coming across, you know, new people on on Subsack all the time. And uh yeah, it's very, very fertile ground. So um yeah, I agree. I mean we all the more the more people out there telling their their stories and uh the better. We all we all need to hear from everyone, as you said. That's that's great. Um well let's um you know I feel like we should start to wrap it up here. Um yeah it's been so cool to talk with you, Lyle. Um Maybe just to say, because again, part of the reason that I kind of rang you up is, you know, to kind of offer my support and, you know, to, in, in the spirit of supporting each other as writers. Um, and um, so final question, you know, well, what's, what's the, what's your biggest challenge right now um, mm. as a writer could be anything. My biggest, I
1: mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my biggest challenge is is uh time (laughs) you know i just have a lot going on in my life and there's so many things i want to do with my writing yeah um and then when i'm like you know i typically write in the evenings because that's when my house is quiet everyone goes to sleep earlier than me and i have some time to kind of do whatever i want which is nice and i i cherish that time because it's i can do whatever i want you know and uh i mean within reason it has to be contained in my house generally but uh, so <laughs> yeah. you know um but you know i can i would say lately it's been more i'm freaking burnt out from the day and i just want to veg out for a while and i i'm trying to be more okay with letting myself do that when i need to do that um yeah but there are so many things i want to do creatively and it's just like you have to have the energy to do it and sometimes i just don't you know totally. um and so I would say way too often I'm like scrambling to finish my post the night before. Um, but, uh, so yeah, being, being one of the challenges is just like finding that time for creative focus. Um, and yeah, just playing around with stuff and having fun with it. But, um, yeah, it's just finding that time is difficult sometimes mm. with all the things I have going on in my life with my daughter and my part-time work even. Um, and yeah wrangling our schedules and you know all this kind of stuff you know and still trying to find time to be present with my family
0: yeah and you've got you got a lot more going on in that respect than i do i mean um and so i i appreciate that uh yeah so what about
1: you biggest challenge
0: biggest challenge um yeah i would say it i mean it's not time in the same way because i i I've got more time objectively at least than, than it sounds like you do. But um, at the same time, I would say it often does still feel like, like there's barely enough time to do what it takes to stay alive, you know, in a, in a healthy way. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've got like a morning routine now for the first time in my entire life. Um, And, you know, I work out every day at home and I meditate and I, you know, it, and then I've got this chunk of time in the, you know, in the morning to write and, but usually like about, you know, now ish, I mean, early afternoon, it's just like time for me to get outside and do something else. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. just sit all day and write. Um, so all that said, I mean, I would say my biggest challenge is focus and, um, um just doing i don't know just writing more you know i've got so many things (laughs) uh you know the list of topics and and titles of pieces that i have in mind or you know that that i want to write i mean there's 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 hundreds right i mean there's it's a lifetime it's that's great i mean i you know i feel amazing i've got no shortage of work to do as a writer <laughs> right but getting there um and maybe this is getting to the real answer my biggest challenge the real answer is to, to go a bit deeper with that is like i would say my own health but like mental health like basically mm. feeling good enough feeling stable enough Um. To, yeah, to be like creatively productive, to be in creative flow, to be present and able for the work on a consistent basis, because there have been years and years and decades really of my life where I was depressed and drinking and just not, you know, healthy or really very able at all to do this, this kind of work. You know, I was able to do other work. I had a business, you know, I've been successful in that respect, but um, I, you know, I was not able to, to, to write until I like kind of cleaned up (laughs) some of what was going on up here. And that's still a challenge. Absolutely. It's still a challenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that, what you said resonates, but not and not. This is funny. It's just like if you wrote a memoir piece about this, which you probably have at some point, some version of this. Um, I would take, I would hear that, and I would go where my mind goes with it is somewhere in my personal life. Like I've never had really a drinking problem or anything like that, but I have had decades of time where I wasn't creative
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and felt that like creative muscle atrophy yeah yeah, and going like you know uh having regret about that to be honest and going like man what the hell was i doing for all that time you know like what was i doing each day where i wasn't creating anything and i was just feeling i know i had those thoughts of like oh it'd be cool to create this it'd be cool to make this and like you know um and and it was like i never really channeled that energy into actually producing much um but Mm -hmm. yeah similar to you i tried to start businesses i mean was in early stage startups and stuff like that too, but which mm. is a, a sense, a sense being creative, but yeah. not in the way I'd really like envisioned myself being creative. So, mm. but yeah, uh, I feel like in some ways I'm like making up for lost time, but uh, feeling that like urge of like, I'm not going, or that, that feeling of I, I'm not going fast enough. I'm not doing enough which I think it's funny because I imagine some people might be listening to this. Hopefully they're still listening by this point. Um, and they may like look at your writing and my writing and go like, wait, these guys are worried about not being like prolific enough. Like we're putting something out every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you might even do more than one a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know some people have read myself stuff. And they're like, man, you're always on it. You're doing stuff. You're all over the place. And I'm like, but I don't feel like I am enough. You know, so I think it's like no matter what, you can get to these moments where you're like, you're you're like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough. But I think it's okay to be like to take a step back and go, you know what? Like I'm doing way more than I was before, and I should be proud of that. And I'm proud of myself for continuing to publish every week. I mean, there was there was a moment, you know, I had uh, I thought about stopping Mm. more than one moment where I thought about thought about stopping and going. And I'm so busy with stuff in my life and this other mm, job mm, I had and mm. it'd be just so easy to not write every week but I kept doing it and I'm really proud that I've done that and I think uh it's gonna pay off in the long run in some way you know I think it already has you know like yeah. having conversations like this is like I've never had this type of conversation before yeah, you know same. and awesome. and it's like very enriching and I think that's mm. you know like I don't need to make a bunch of money even just this is nice you know like it feels yeah. feels good and I'm gonna like the rest of the day I'll be in a good mood, you know, like that's worth it.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Same, same, you know, these for sure. And, um, you know, also what you just said, just, just to reflect on this idea of like uh, not being able to write enough, you know, the way i mean the, the 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 flip side of that is the reason is be just what it does is it shows the the um the extent of one's creative capacity you know and we all have this creative capacity um that is often not exercised all that much or doesn't have an mm-hmm. you know a a, a channel expression all that much and so i hear you it's like it's not that i think like oh i'm not writing enough you know i just feel the you know this mass of creative of of material you know that wants to be expressed one way or another and you know that's a that's a real positive thing that's it's a good problem to have right it's a good problem to have that's (laughs) just like yeah you're not a creative
1: writing machine that can just crank out stuff you know you can't just pop this into chat gpt and get a bunch of stories about your personal life
0: (laughs) Doesn't Doesn't work. (laughs) exactly
1: like if you saw that meme but it was it wasn't even a meme it was a protester at the uh for like the hollywood writers and it said like chat gpt doesn't have childhood trauma or something
0: you know? right exactly
1: which is true right but the point is that like yeah. you know you can't you can't like tell your life life story um and that's hard work and it's like you can only do so much of
0: it on a daily basis that's right yeah you know yeah. so it's like you yeah. have
1: to be a little gentle with ourselves about that but, totally
0: yeah. totally yeah well listen lyle man it's been it uh, same thing a real pleasure to speak with you and uh it is part of you know a big part of what uh what is so um, what feels good about be about doing this and and mm-hmm. uh you know connecting with other people and and specifically with other writers of memoir and with men that are doing that so thank you thank you
1: yeah well thanks for thanks for setting this up and um having such a fun open conversation you know you bet. um yeah maybe we could sign off just like letting people know where to find us. Mine's really easy. Lyle.blog. Where do people go for your stuff?
0: Uh, Mine is my name, bowendwelly.substack.com. Yeah, man, totally looking forward to getting this out there and uh, sharing it with my audience and yours. Yeah. Likewise. Cheers. Thanks again. Have a great day. All right, folks, that's what we've got for you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and Like I said, at the start, we would love to hear from you, so please go ahead and leave us a comment or a question. We've got some prompts there at the bottom of the Substack page, which again is cross posted on both of our sites. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. Again, you can find Lyle at Lyle.blog and you can find me at bowendwelly.substack.com. So again, thanks for being here today, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.